Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Tennis Unfiltered, live from Paris with me, James Gray of inews.co.uk and the iNewspaper. Um, just gonna just me this morning. Uh, we're gonna have a quick look back at yesterday's women's final. Uh, I will mention the men's final, but probably by the time you listen to this, it will either be ongoing or already finished. Because well, between you and me, I don't think it's gonna last very long. But that is another story. Uh, yesterday, Iga Shontek won her fourth Grand Slam title. She is almost exactly the same age as Rafael Nadal was when he won his fourth slam. Of course, four of his were all at Roland Garros, Iga Shontek. Three of hers were here at the French Open. Uh, she moves to fourth on the all-time list of women's French Open champions. Uh, only Chris Evert, Steffi Graf and Justine Enan have won more titles than Shontek. Um, she was also the first woman for 16 years to successfully defend the title and she moves level with three greats of the game, Margaret Court, Arantxa Sanchez-Vicario, and of course, Serena Williams, uh, by having won three French Open titles. She said, it wasn't an easy match. It was a pretty intense last few weeks. I'm just really happy. I never really focus on the records. I just do my best every day. It was, I, I said this to uh, someone yesterday, and the more I think about it, the more I think it sort of sums things up. Was it a good match? Probably not. Was it an exciting match? It absolutely was. Um, it swung one way and then the other, and then in the third set, it swung about five different directions. And I think while, yes, the tennis level wasn't outstanding, there were some really bright moments in terms of tennis level and lots of really bright moments in terms of excitement. It was two hours and 46 minutes in pretty sweltering conditions. Um, I would suggest that might end up being longer than the men's final, and I'm not sure when the last time that happened was. Uh, if I, I was going to try and sum it up sort of in a sentence, but I'm not, not sure that I can. It, it was a match of maybe three halves, to coin a phrase. Um, Iga Shrontek flew out the blocks, and Karolina Makova, I think, was 
pretty obviously pretty nervous and kind of stuck to the baseline. The thing that's kind of made this French Open run by Mukova so impressive and interesting and exciting has been her game style and her willingness to come forward. Um, she's obviously got a big serve when she lands it. Uh, she can also strike from the baseline quite effectively. But I think the thing that marks her out from the rest is her you know, willingness to come forward, her use of the drop shot, her really good volleying technique. And yeah, she, she barely did that in the, uh, in the first set, frankly. She, she just seemed frozen by the occasion, which is kind of understandable, obviously. You know, this is... I had completely forgotten until the other day. Uh, I actually shared a taxi with Carolina Makova in uh, Shrewsbury last year, which some people may remember I popped off to Shrewsbury where there is a 100-level challenger. Um, I called it the biggest little tennis tournament in Britain. Uh, in the town of Shrewsbury, they call it our Wimbledon. And... Carolina Makova was there grinding, frankly. She was trying to work her way back up from... Well, she was as low as 2.35 in the world at last year's US Open. And Shrewsbury wasn't long after that. So she was, I think, had made it into the top 170, perhaps. But was still, you know, scrapping. That's right, yeah. She was 1.58 in the world at that tournament. And she lost in the second round to Barbora Palakova who is also Czech and who is currently ranked 213 here. She lost in the second round of qualifying for the French Open. So, you know, she very much was still trying to find her way back from injury. And and as I say, I had forgotten that I shared a taxi with her because there were three of us in this tournament car back into town. And it was me, Karolina Mkhova and Monica Nicolescu who people may remember as the per- the woman with no uh, no topspin forehand. She hits a slice forehand pretty much all the time. Uh, she mostly plays, I think, exclusively plays doubles now. Um, and she is a good talker. And she, we talked loads about Billie Jean King Cup was coming up and she was heading back to play in a big stadium in Romania, I think against Hungary, as I recall. Um, and yeah, like she, she just talked a lot, and <laughs> Mahova, I think, probably was quite glad of it because she just lost and uh, was pretty keen to get out of there. I think, and I don't recall her saying a single word other than thank you to the taxi driver. But um, yeah, it was just one of those funny things that I didn't remember until literally yesterday. Um, but yeah, she. She seemed perfectly nice from the silence that I, I got from her. But anyway, it gives you an idea of, you know, the journey she's been on. So to then find herself in a Grand Slam final for the first time, yeah, pretty intimidating. And playing Shvontek on Chatrier is about as intimidating as it gets, really, because she's lost two matches all time at the French Open. She has obviously now won 14 in a row. She hadn't even dropped a set in her last 10 at Roland Garros. Like the the list of stats is is pretty staggering. So when Mahova found herself what six two three love down, it you know it wasn't a massive surprise, um, and you know we were all going oh you know less than an hour gone, match virtually over, complete blowout, um, and it was it felt like it was going to be a real shame, and you know we'd sort of go. Oh, Christ, that was rubbish. Who's ever going to get near Shrontek? 
you know, it's not exciting for fans and this, that and the other. Um, but then Makova rallied and she started hitting winners. She started getting up at the net. Um, at one point, Chris Evert on commentary compared her to Roger Federer because she had played this really lovely um, sort of prancing backhand volley. You know, pretty much in midair as she hit it side on because she was still on the way forward and it was really graceful and actually she she placed it brilliantly like Schwantek was in the backhand corner and recovering and the obvious thing for Hover to do was to put it into the forehand corner and make her run and maybe have to play another ball um but actually she went behind Schwantek but she wasn't really over pursuing so that the the angle for her to do it from the middle of the court was really really narrow, and she just sort of pretty much clipped the, clipped the service line. It was so beautifully pre- placed in a high pressure moment in a final, and and when not playing that well, it was. I think that probably did help her grow into the match, and yeah, she got her first break at three uh, one and hit a really really good forehand down the line. To, to seal that break and just a reminder of how many different shots she has in her arsenal and I, I did say that she doesn't have a weapon obviously and I think she doesn't but she can kind of do everything a bit um, and she kind of reminds me of Ash Barty that way a little bit you know good hand skills and, and obviously Barty's first slam was here at Roland Garros so I always say I think the women's game surface matters a bit less um, the tennis changes a bit less at Roland Garros from other surfaces for whatever reason and I think Mahova is a reminder of that you know I, look she, I think she's going to be great on the grass if she's still fit she said yesterday she was pretty exhausted you could hear it in her voice that she was knackered as well and uh, you know she's obviously made a quarter final at Wimbledon before not that long ago either and yeah she can play on the grass so exciting to see what she can do at Wimbledon she played brilliantly for the pretty much the rest of that third set to rally from 3-1 to take it 7-5. She did fail to serve out the set at one point, um, which obviously wasn't ideal. But she got another chance uh, at 6-5. And after one of the best points in that game of the match, um, with Mohova coming up to the net and playing a lovely angle volley, Shontek chasing it down and then... Mahover on the stretch with her back to the court, just sticking a racket on it, uh, which she actually dropped just after she hit the ball. But fortunately, Shante wasn't able to chase it down. Um, and that brought up set point. And, well, it was a 14-minute game, but she held. And we went to a decider. And it was only the third time Shante has ever played a deciding set at Roland Garros, which is another ridiculous stat. She was the first player since Seng uh, Shin Wen in uh, the fourth round last year uh, to even take a set off her. Uh, you know, and I know Calvin hates it when people say to him, well, a lot of games went to juice. And in the same sort of way, well, you know, she won a set. You either win or you lose. But I think that is significant from Hover. It shows she had fight. It also shows that Shontek is human, and, and she did look human. You know, her unforced error count was uncharacteristically high the first set it wasn't but overall she hit 27 unforced errors to 19 winners which you know as much as anything else I think is a reflection that the quality of the match was not super high and that 
Shantae did look pretty nervous. And, you know, she was shouting at her box, which isn't super usual. And, yeah, I think the occasion was getting to her a little bit. And, you know, Mikhova, when she gets into her game, upsets your rhythm. You know, she couldn't just sit on the baseline and trade until her opponent made a mistake. So, yeah, it was a, it was a stressful situation for Shantae. But, you know, I'm trying to remember how many breaks of serve. I think there were five breaks of serve in the last set. Um, you know, pressure all around. I think at one point both players were below 50% on points one on serve. Um, but the crucial hold came when, you know, at four all, Shontek had just broken back and she held for 5 4 and got ahead. And all of a sudden, I apologise for the hooting. Um, this is Paris, after all. And, well, okay, I think they stopped. Um, but yeah, she got to 5-4 and all of a sudden Mokhova is serving to... She's serving to stay in the match, the championship, having been 4-3 up. And, you know, I asked her, I said, when you were 4-3 up, did you ever think, she's got to hold twice here and I can win the French Open? And she said, I was aware of it, but I really just wanted to focus on first serve and try and, you know, pick, pick up some some cheap points and um you know that she, the thing is in the, in the last game where Shontek broke her she did actually make three out of four first serves um but it wasn't enough whereas actually the 4-3 game where she which is the specific moment I was asking about she only made two first serves out of uh out of eight and you know that's yeah, that's not going to end well, quite frankly. Um, one of them was an ace, and the other one actually should take hit a winner uh, eventually. So, yeah, I I think she said she wasn't thinking about it, but I'm sure it must have been in her head. It looked like it was in her head, and then when we got to you know serving at four five, and um, she she was four five, and and then love thirty down, not for the first time in the set either. I think. She'd gone love 30 down maybe four times on her serve in that set with varying <laughs> results. But 15-40 and she double faults and it's a sad way to, to end it. But I think probably Shontek on balance did, did deserve it. And, you know, she dropped her haunches. She was very emotional. It's obviously been a really stressful and emotional fortnight for her. Um, you know, she said in, in Australia... That she'd wasted a lot of energy, mental energy, the week before the Grand Slam. And I'm still not really sure what that meant. And I'm sure there's things going on that we're not privy to. That's my kind of guess. But the the way she celebrated and the emotion that she had at the end suggests to me that she has really been bottling this all up. And just trying to think as little as possible. Because... Grand Slams are long. She will have been in Paris for three weeks, probably two and a half weeks, nearly three, and playing every day and practicing. And, you know, there are no days off. Even if you don't practice, you're still thinking about the fact that you have a quarterfinal coming up or semi-final coming up. Or, oh, God, I served badly in the second round. Blah, blah, blah. It must be exhausting. So, yeah, I'm not surprised she was emotional and... A deserved winner. Chris Everett gave her the trophy, who has obviously won here seven times. 
Uh, Amelie Moresmo uh, says, she, someone asked her, actually it was my flatmate Eleanor asked her, can, you, can she be the next Rafa? And she said, well, it'll be hard, but yeah, it's possible. Um, because she's so dominant on this surface. I do think Arena Savalenka would have given her a run for her money, but a bit like Mahova, Savalenka crumbled under the pressure in the semi against Mahova. And if you can't cope with the pressure, then I'm afraid you don't deserve to win the title. And while I don't think Shontek coped with it brilliantly, she coped with it slightly better than her opponent. And that's, you know, your 6 out of 10 game is what wins your titles, not your 9 out of 10 game. How good are you when you're not very good? And I think for Shontek she was better than Mahova when she wasn't very good and that that's the key not a classic I think I think again I'll say it again really exciting but not like super high level of tennis but I think for most people that's that's okay that's you know excitement is all you want really and I think that's what we have to hope for from from Djokovic Rude hell it might be a really high level final anyway but the the reality is that the most likely outcome is Djokovic wins in three sets and Kasparu gets nowhere near him because he never won a set off him. Um, he, said, he said quite honestly in his post-semi-final press conference, I've got to have a different game plan because it's never worked before. And he's right. But I think the interesting quote was actually from Alexander Zverev. Um, Djokovic, here's the question. Djokovic is chasing the 23rd victory in a Grand Slam. It would be historic. Could there be any worse start for Casper in the final? I'm not sure I fully understand that question, but anyway. Zverev said, I think it couldn't be better. Novak's one of the best players in the world, but when you're on the brink of history, I think that adds a little bit of pressure. You remember the US Open finally had with Medvedev after beating me in the semis. The pressure, we're all human. Novak is human, we all feel it. So I think for him, for Casper, that's the best scenario, to be honest. I think he's right. Like, And that, that US Open final, frankly, Djokovic bottled it. Like The pressure got to him. And he'd been really nervous throughout that tournament. And it, it all piled up on him. And this is a historic... You know, he's going to move clear at the top of the men's all-time list. He's going to move to within one of Margaret Court. He's going to be one match closer to the calendar year Grand Slam. Which we did ask him about the other day. And he tried to sort of bat it off. But, you know, it's in his head. Absolutely no doubt that he knows it's there. I think Rude's only chance is Djokovic gets nervous. I think even a nervous Djokovic probably beats him anyway. But, you know, I think there's that that probably is the only chance. Uh, I think it's going to rain in Paris today. I hope so, because it's so humid and it needs to break. Uh, and so the roof will probably be shut, which will make it heavier and slower. With the humidity, it'll be heavy and slow anyway. Um, that only really favours Djokovic more. You know, Rude would want it probably hot and bouncy and windy. But... Phew, yeah, I, I don't. I'm afraid I don't see much of a chance. Hopefully, you're listening to this like while watching Casper Rude take a two-set lead or something, and we'll have a final on our hands. But um, I think the reality is Djokovic is going to walk it, and you know he deserves it. He's he's, play, he's probably been the best player in this tournament, maybe bar Alcaraz, but he beat Alcaraz, so you know, yeah, absolutely deserves a title. Uh, but he's got to do the last bit of the job, so we'll see if he can. Uh, I'll be back on Monday, hopefully with Calvin and George. Uh, please do come back then. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.